Welcome to the Disc Golf Show, a podcast brought to you by Levon and Christopher Stalsfus. Join us as we talk all of the latest in disc golf. All right. Well, welcome into another episode, guys. We are here for the third episode already, and it was four weeks ago that we recorded our first episode. It's just crazy to me how quick everything goes by. Um, it's been a bit of a slow week. Um, we did. There was a Santa Cruz Masters Cup, which used to be a PDGA National Tour event. Um, due to the merge of the Pro Tour and National Tour, it is now a Silver Series. So that did happen, and we will talk about that a little bit later. Definitely some very, very interesting storylines that we want to bring out over there. Um, but as usual, I think before we get into it, we're going to open up our drinks here. We always have a drink. All right. So this time we have intense chocolate milk from Upstate Farms. Um, I don't know if this is really a big drink thing or if it's just a local thing or not. But anyway, good chocolate milk. So Very good chocolate milk. We're going to pop those open right now. It's like super thick. Yeah. I think it's some Good. of the best. If you ever see it in a store, buy it and try it. If you've never had it, it's really good. <laughs> uh. All right. And with that, we're going to get right into the show. So yeah, as we were saying, Santa Cruz Masters Cup did happen this previous weekend. It was not a an elite series event. It was just a silver series, but it was a really stacked field. A lot of the big names were there, including Paul McBeth and Ricky Wysocki. And Gannon Burr ended up taking it down, which is just an incredible storyline. I mean, we, we've been talking about him recently. I think we talked about him in the last podcast and the one last episode and the one before. Um He's just been playing so well. It, Yeah. And in the world rankings right now, actually, he is sitting at sixth place, which is just incredible. I believe he's 17 years old. Um, and it's just he's so consistent, which is really rare for that age. Yeah, it's you. I mean, I don't know if we've ever seen anyone that young competing consistently at this high level it's really interesting to see and it'll be interesting to see more people you know or if there will be more people that young as the sport progresses um people that young that are just playing at the top level like that yeah um and i i mean it's not an elite series win yet, but it base it's it's a big win, and he won against a lot of the big names, and really really impressive. Um, and I, I think he's just gonna continue his good season. I mean he he was in a playoffs at Las Vegas this year, and he just which is an open distance course type of thing, and Santa Cruz is not at all that's very wooded, so clearly a variety of of game as well. Although I guess. There is two separate courses. It does look like it was all in just one course, I guess. But yeah, um, just a fantastic win. And I think he's going to keep playing well. Matthew Orham, James Conrad, they were tied um, in second place. It looks like Matt Matthew Orham shot a 12 under, which is really good. And it was a hot round tied with Ben Calloway. Um, 
I believe that was the hot round of the entire tournament. Yes, it was. Um, the 12 under was a hot round of the tournament. And so, yeah, really a, a good comeback there um, for Matthew Orm. Really good final round. And he even had a bogey in there. It looks like Gannon Burr was really hot through 14 holes. He was 10 under and then just went went pars, part out. And, yeah, Chris Clemens up there in fourth place, uh, solo fourth place. Laurie Lettinen, fifth place, along with Josh Anthon. Very interesting to see Josh Anthon up there. Um, Chandler Fry um, tied with four others at seventh place, along with Paul McBeth, Anthony Barella, Andrew Miranda, and Austin Hannum. Um, aside from that, notable mentions, Adam Hammes, who actually is the defending champion, um, tied for 13th place, so definitely not the type of tournament he wanted wanted to have. Um, but yeah, just definitely a very interesting tournament. It's it's really interesting to just see what players kind of stay at the top and what players play well as the tournament or as the season progresses rather than just focusing on a two or three. We have quite a few tournaments now that have been played, and it's just, just really interesting to see that. Um, I think another notable mention is Austin Turner. So he is a lefty player, and when he first came onto the tour, he was seemed to have a lot of potential and like he could really be make it big as a lefty player and unfortunately he had some injuries and he also kind of just left the sport for a while um, but he is back this season and he has not been having the the best of seasons so far um, however at Santa Cruz Masters Cup he took 21st place so he was 50th at Texas States and 82nd and played against sports those were the only tournaments he played this year. Um, in 2021, he only played D-Glow. That was the only one he played. What? Um, you said he. You said played against sports. That's Jonesboro Open you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, you said played against sports. Well, that's what it came up as. Oh. Um, in 2022, in 2020, he only played two events, and it looks like 2019, he had a few more. So, yeah, it looks like 2019 was the last season that he played, really, until more recently. So, it's good to see him get a better finish, and it'd be interesting to see him up towards the top again. I think that would be kind of cool. Albert Tam, um, definitely another name worth mentioning. He shot a one over par in the final round. Which, if he would have shot a 12 under, he would have been right up there in the lead or close to it. Um, in round one, Albert Tam shot the hot round at 8 under. So, yeah. And then the second round, he shot a 4 under. So, just kind of cooled off a little bit. But definitely interesting to see that Albert Tam is playing rather consistently good i'm just gonna pull up his finishes this year to kind of see what it's been looking like for him for the whole season um he did win the open at tallahassee um but yeah it looks like he's been playing okay but definitely nothing stellar so 
Yeah. Moving on to the FPO side of the tournament. Sarah Hokum takes it down. Very interesting to see that. She shot a minus seven in the final round, which is really, really good. Um, considering that the total for the tournament winner was even par. So Ella Hansen in second place, and I believe she was in the lead after round one. No, she was not. She was in second place after round one. After round two, she was tied for the... or No, after round two, she was in the lead. So yeah, Ella Hansen, very good, very good tournament for her. Um, Owen Scoggins played pretty well. It looks like the scores kind of pick up really quickly. So yeah. out of the top four or five <laughs> players, it pretty much spikes. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's just interesting to see. Sarah Hokum's last round was just really, really good. No bogeys. And on that course, that's that's really incredible. Um, also inter- interesting to see, Katrina Allen was two strokes behind. Those two strokes were gotten on the, like, she got bogeys on the last two holes, 17 and 18. She went bogey, bogey. So tight, tight uh, race going right up to the last few holes. But, yeah, um, Santa Cruz definitely calls for a lot of rollaways, which can cause a bogey. That's not really your fault at all. Yeah, also, even Ella Hansen, she was... Also, just two strokes behind Sarah Hokum, and she got a double bogey on hole 17. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, there were there's three of them tied after hole 16, the way it looks, um, yeah. at even par. So, really, anybody's ball game there for a while. However, it looks like Katrina Allen was on a different card. Um, came from Chase Card, but yeah, very. Very much a good battle there for the top three women. Going back to MPO, sort of, I guess. Ricky Wysocki, I don't know, you might have heard this, but he did not play Santa Cruz because of a Lyme um, flare-up. So that's very unfortunate. Hopefully he can get that straightened out again. It would be very unfortunate to see his season come to an end or something. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that's probably pretty unlikely, but... Just really hoping that he can get that taken care of and get back to the tour. And, yes, random fun fact before we move on. Carolina Reaper. Carolina Reaper Halstead down close to the bottom of FPO. Apparently she's a pepper. That's so. really weird. <laughs> what? Well, she's literally, her name is literally oh. Carolina Reaper. No, but it says Reaper in quotes. But. Which would lead me to believe that it's just a joke. But why would it be on you disc then? I'm not sure. I have never heard of her either. In case any of you don't know, a Carolina Reaper pepper, or I guess it's a pepper, I think. It's like the hottest, one of the hottest things, like spiciest things that you can eat. So I guess she shot hot, except she didn't really. <laughs> um, 881 rated, so yeah, definitely not. Uh, 45 like, over. Yeah, so. Anyway, let's move on.
So I have a question. What is the ideal way to figure out how to putt? That is a great question. And is there even an answer? Yes, there is. Does anybody know the answer? No, they don't. But really, what is the best way to putt? The best way to learn how to putt, whatever. Because some people say that you should just putt. Just putt. And um, just a lot of reps, just putt, practice putting. Whatever comes natural, and that is your putt. Other people say that you should kind of like model it after somebody, somebody that you look up to, a disc golfer that you look up to. Preferably the person you look up to is good at putting. Um, but what really is the right way to do it? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, if you just have an entirely unstructured putt, that doesn't really work either. It can work. It works. However, it's the people that are really good at putting have a very structured putt. And often they have high pace, high spin putts. Ricky's, high pace. Paul McBeth, relatively high pace. Um, Gannon Burr, I mean, his jump putts or his step putts are very much high pace. Other examples, Adam Hammes, his putts are high pace. And they just are all just on a, on a mission to get to the basket more rather than just like floating to the basket. And I think that's a difficult place to get to. Um, but I don't know. It's very easy to overthink it, but I think just getting in the reps is a very easy way. Uh, easy nothing easy about it <laughs> a very good way to go about it putting is just very difficult to know it's it's you can't just really go out practice and expect to just be good just it's not really like the more you practice the better you'll be the more you practice the better just like a specific pattern Yes, the more you practice, the better you'll be. That's true. But it doesn't really follow like just a pattern where you practice a lot and then you're good at putting. You can practice a lot and you'll get bad streak where you're just not good at putting. I think one thing that does help a lot is just experience. Like you just you can practice for hours and hours every day. But if you don't have years of experience, different situations, putting, um, in tournaments and stuff, under pressure, all that stuff, you're just not going to be super good at putting. You just need those years. Yeah, and I mean, just even in tournament situations, you can, even if you're really good at putting on the, on the practice screen when it comes to tournament situations, you only have one chance to make it. You're not, you're not thinking 8 out of 10. Or 7 out of 10. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. No. You have one chance to make one putt. And if you miss it, it's a whole other stroke on your scorecard. You have no second chances. And that adds a whole other level of pressure. Yeah. It's... um. So, yeah, kind of back to what we were saying. 
what really is the best formula to get good at putting? Obviously, you need experience, but that's something you just you can't get. It's just going to come with time. So what what's the best thing you can do to get better at putting if you don't have the experience? I mean, you just have to have reps. Just yeah. more, more reps. That's the only way you can do it. So like, do you, do you just follow a pro? Like, So you look at a pro, how they putt, and just follow them exactly? Or do you just kind of whatever, just grab a disc, throw it in the basket, do it over and over again? Like, what is really the best formula? I would say a combination. Yeah. There's basics. There's basic wrist movement that you have to do, basic. You have to keep the putter on a straight line and things like that. However, you can't get technical. Once soon as, as soon as you start getting too technical with it, you're going to overthink it and have issues that you really should not be having at all. So you, you really have to get the basics, and once you have the basics as a habit, then just let let your putt be and let it do its thing. That's my opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of like, like it's really important to have certain things in place in your putt, but it's also really important to not overthink it and have too many things you're thinking about. So, yeah, it's just really hard to find that sweet spot. And... And yeah, even if you do practice a lot, you just you just have to have those years of experience. And I think that's why um that's I think that's what really sets apart the the top pros from the rest is just a lot of times they're putting. Putting is really really important in this in the game of disc golf and you can't really be super good at it. And do you have a lot of experience? And I think part of it is because of how oversized our baskets are. But that's, that's kind a of whole other topic. <laughs> um, but one I, we might have to get into sometime. Yes, maybe, maybe some episode week. in the future. Yes, that'd be a good topic for next week. All right. Well, I think we pretty much covered that topic, and in the next segment we're going to be going over the world rankings there's some very interesting things that i've been finding in the world rankings just interesting facts stats and things so let's roll the next segment so world rankings um these are udisc world rankings which i think is the best world rankings so, I'm just going to look up at the top first before I get into some interesting facts. Um, Gannon Burr moved up three spots, and he's in sixth place, which is really crazy stuff. Paul McBeth dropped out of second place and into third. Chris Dickerson is now in second place. Um, Kevin Jones dropped a bunch of spots, and I'm not sure why. Um, it looks like it's because of Santa Cruz Masters Cup. And maybe dynamic this open. He was 17th and 34th at Santa Cruz Masters Cup. So that could be why. Adam Hammes is also outside of the top 10. Um, Corey Ellis in 18th place. I think that's a very interesting thing to look at. Because um, you haven't really seen his name a lot this year. 
definitely some, but it's kind of one could be hidden. Mason Ford in 21st place. So, so these are names that are kind of right on the edge. Um, Andrew Marweed, Thomas Gilbert, they're all in the 20s. And I, these are all people that any given weekend really could could win one. Ezra Aderhold, Bradley Williams. Um, yeah, very interesting. It's interesting and nice to see the people um, from other countries besides the United States coming up in these world rankings. Seppo Paiu is 30th. And Seppo, oh man, I kind of miss him actually. I guess he's he hasn't been in the U.S. yet this year, but since COVID, he hasn't he hasn't been to the U.S. for a long time, and I just really miss him. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting to see some of these guys: Seppo Paiu, Nicholas Antila. I don't know how to say these names. Laurie Lettinen is twenty third. Vino Mike. Kayla. <laughs> Makela. I think it's Makela. 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 Um, he's 19th. So, yeah, it's just interesting to see. And it's cool to see all these these players from other countries. So, what I was finding, and it's just interesting. So, Brody Smith is at 51st place. Okay, so, so this is interesting. You think 51st place, that's not great. It's not great. You're right. Um, however, that is pretty good, the top 50. But when you look at the names that he has beat, it it kind of puts it in a different perspective. So I'm just going to read off some of the notable names and then make a few comments about it. Nathan Queen. These are all people that Brody Smith is ranked higher than. Nathan Queen, Austin Hannum, Paul Uliberry. Terry Roethlisberger, Andrew Fish, Michael Johansson, Eric Oakley, Colton Montgomery, Connor O'Reilly, Luke Sampson, Philo Brothwaite. Um, it kind of goes downhill from there. Tristan Tanner, um, Silver Lot, Zach Melton. Um, these are all names that he has beat. And some of the notable ones, obviously, being like Paul Uliberry, Nathan Queen, Austin Hannum. Those, that's incredible. Um, and you think Nathan Queen won one the end of last season. So I, I just think we need to give Brody Smith credit for his incredible performances. For for the lack of experience that he has. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know, a lot of you probably haven't followed Brody's journey before disc golf maybe you have but it's just interesting because he played ultimate and then he was kind of off of that he quit that because of his knees or something I think and then kind of just floating around for a while a few years maybe playing golf kind of and just random YouTube stuff and then yeah he just came to disc golf and just kind of got good pretty fast and now he's 51st in the world really got good really fast not yeah. kind of got good sort of fast um but yeah and i think i think next year he has potential to be in the top 25 yeah it'll be interesting to follow him um in the coming years so let's look at the fpo world rankings so 
Kristen Tatar is ranked number one. And still? Yes, still. And she is dominating over Paige Pierce. Um, it's really not that close. Um, the dominant, the dominant index point difference of almost or of over twenty points. I don't really know what that exactly means, but I know it's significant. Um, Sarah Hokum came up six spots to fourth place. Yeah, Ev- Evelina Salonen, who was um, one that we would think would be up towards the top, she's down at seventh, which is kind of surprising. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, not, not real notable. I just think it's incredible that Kristen Tarr came over here and is playing so well. I'm going to read off her finishes here. She has had all podium finishes this year. Third, second, third, second, second, first, first. She has not finished outside of first or second place in the last four events. And she won the last two events. Both elite series played again, sports at Jonesboro and dynamic just open. So, uh, I could see her winning another one yet, which would be the preserved championships um, championship. I, th- I think she could win another, one. and maybe she'll keep the streak going for a while. I guess we'll see. I think she could win with the world. World, you think she could win the world? <laughs> no, yes. I I think she had won worlds is is what I was saying. Yeah, and the United States Women's Disc Golf Championships, which is major, is also coming up in a few weeks. So that'll be interesting. Well, actually, it's over a month, but yeah. So yeah, she's yeah. It looks like she's gonna be here for quite a few. But not all of them. Definitely yeah, not all is, of them. Is she going to be? I guess. It she looks like she has worlds. seven more events that she's going to. Yeah, she will be here for Worlds. But yeah, oh, she, she could definitely win Worlds. I yeah, can definitely I, I can definitely see that. And I would love to see it. It's just. It's nice to see just, you know, she was gone for during COVID. And then people came back slowly. Still not from the other countries. And just to see her dominating once again, it just shows her consistency. And she's not going anywhere. And it's just nice to see that. You're right. Let's head on to the next segment. Bad stats. You said it. You guessed it. Bad stats. The favorite segment of all time. It's all of your favorites. We have no idea. So I'm just going to interject. Okay. And I'm going to say... If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would absolutely love if you would go over there and write a review. Yeah. Um, we had four reviews come in on Apple Podcasts. They four were ratings. All, four ratings. They are all five stars. Um, so thank you, whoever that was. But it would be awesome if you would write a review and give us your response, what you think and what you think we could change and what you love about it. Yeah, and give us your honest opinion. If it's not worth five stars, then don't give us five stars. Whatever. Also, um, if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, just wherever you do listen, you you know your podcast platform. If there's a way to rate us, review us, comment, whatever it is you can do, give us your feedback. However, we love the interactions. We love feedback. With and that, let's continue on with bits, also, bad stat. Um, 
Follow us on Instagram, Disc Golf Coolness. We keep you updated on the show there. In fact, right now, I have a story recording episode three of the Disc Golf Show. And so that's really nice. So you can see us in our studio. It's fun. So yeah, go check that out. Anyhow, back to bad stats. So we're going to head on over to Santa Cruz Masters Cup. And in case you're new to this, could be interesting. Um, bad stats is basically just where we, um, so the bottom half or how do we do that? No, it's 50 and worse. 50 and worse. Yeah. And if there's a cut, we'll go back a little bit to make it more interesting. 50 and worse. Back a round or two. We go from 50th place on down to the very bottom. We ask Siri. So in this case, there is... 121 players pretty many so we're going to go up to yeah so we're going to tell siri to pick a number between 50 and 121 and the player that is chosen we basically go in and see what they did wrong that they shot so bad and just the fascinatingly bad stats (laughs) and we're gonna we usually kind of roast them so yeah no offense to the players it's disclaimer everybody has has bad tournaments we just had like to fun with it don't be offended if you're it's listening all fun and games and we picked you don't worry it's not against you it's not against your game it's about it's against and if it's a tie it's against the bad tournaments that we all have and if it's a tie we pick the player that we most want to roast yeah so roll siri roll siri all righty hey siri pick a number between 50 and 121. Okay. <laughs> it was never she working, she did pick a number, but she is on silent, so we're going to try that again. Um, just to make sure you guys can hear it. Hey Siri, pick a number between 50 and 121. Here are matches for 121. <laughs> okay, it's not working. Hey Siri, pick a number be- number between 50 and 121. Here's what I found. What the Hey Siri, pick a number between 50 and 121. It's 78. Okay. That okay. took a while. I don't Finally. know what the problem was, but 78. 78. Probably going to be a tie. We'll have to see. Hopefully not. It is a tie. It is a big tie. That's awesome. Huge tie. That means we get to pick somebody. Oh, uh, unfortunately, four. no familiar names. Yeah. But let's go with the Canadian. <laughs> okay. Casey. There's a Canadian. Canamayor. No profile picture. He's from Sponsored Cranbrook. by Prodigy. Cranbrook, British Columbia. All right. Let's let's roll it. Let's roll it. Let's roll the brutalness. So. Okay. Santa Cruz Masters Cup. These are stats. You're listening to bad stats. He <laughs> was 95th in fairway hits. Wow. Really bad. So for what we can see here, it looks like it was his throwing. Um, he was actually 6th in circle 2 putts and 34th in circle 1 putts. So not really oh, his so putting. not a bad putt. But he was 95th in fairway hit at only 41%. <laughs> Once again, 0% parked. 
which that is last week really too. not and cool. That is wow, wow. That means only four out of every ten drives land in the fairway. Yeah. Just to compare that to Gannon Burr, his percentage was seventy six percent. So approximately eight out of ten percent were landing in the fairway. So really terrible. Yeah, and it's just scramble, he was ninety first. Twenty two percent scrambles. He made two scrambles out of the whole entire event. So if his driving is bad and his scramble is bad, that's a bad combination. That means he's getting off the fairway a lot and he's not converting for par after getting off the fairway. And just he he missed fairway thirty two times, just to give you a real number. <laughs> thirty two times. <laughs> that is a lot that, of times. That would be so depressing. Which means he had to scramble a lot. And he couldn't. And he had bad scramble rate. Yeah. So it's just a puzzle. And let's look at the that numbers he was to making. Make bad. So he shot an place. even, an even, and a two over. Um, yeah. He took four double bogeys. Four double bogeys. Get this. He gained eight bogeys. He gained negative seven point five five. T to green. Negative 7.55 strokes gained, T to green. And he actually gained in putting, 5.27. <laughs> so he was really just his throwing. He really needs to get his throwing together. Yeah. And, yeah, it's really... His putting is not bad. Um, But, yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, what's his name again? Coburn Casey Hammer Hammer. Hannah Mayer. Mayo. Pick it up. Pick up your game. Follow on Instagram. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Doesn't Sorry, even have an Instagram. Isn't available. Wow. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, that was interesting. That was um, very it's always interesting. more interesting when it's a player that you know, but yeah. that's okay. Um, I hope you don't listen to our podcast because that would be sad. Interesting thing what? too. He's sponsored by Prodigy, <laughs> oh, and Casey he throws doesn't. a Boss, a Rock Three, and an AVR. Oh wow! A little confused there, but <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm guessing that's just a glitch on the Prodigy thing. I don't know, but yeah, unless yeah. he or maybe he just didn't update his his preference or his disc preferences. Yeah, I don't know. Um, since he switched to Prodigy or God or vice versa. Yeah, whatever it is. And um, I think that's gonna wrap up that stuff. For this segment, actually, it's not really a segment. We're just going to kind of wrap it up by doing a little bit more talk on our our personal side of the disc golf world, what we've been working on, what we've been seeing, and whatever all else we want to talk about, just a little bit more of a casual conversation. Um, so, like we said, we've been doing a 30-minute, 30-day putting challenge with some friends. No, that's not a lot of time, but it's definitely a lot if you have a full-time oh, we, job. We have so. a message from Double Helix on Instagram. Double Helix Disc Sports said um, in response to, I guess, okay, what should we talk about? I asked, what should we talk about on our Instagram story? And they said, um, I don't know, but it looks like you're going with chocolate milk this time. You're not wrong. Thanks for that um, comment. Whoever you are, whoever you specifically are, maybe it's Casey Hannah Mayer. 
Probably not. Probably not. Anyway, um, back so to what was I saying? Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. And we have been seeing some results from the putting challenge, which is nice. Um, yeah, we have a tournament coming up this weekend. I'm in, and our older brother's in. However, he is not in yet. It is looking like he could. He is in me. He is in you. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be fun. It is four hours away, so we're going to be going down and staying with some other players that we know. Um, staying at their house because they live close to the course there. And, yeah, it should be should be fun. It's a B-tier. Um, there's 26 professionals playing, and I'll be playing the pro division, and he is going to be playing in advanced. So that should be fun. Hopefully it'll be a good tournament, better than any of the tournaments we've had so far. Yeah. Um, my season has been really bad so far. Actually, I only played one tournament. It felt like I played more than one because I went to that one. I didn't actually play. But, yeah, I, I can't wait to play a tournament again. Hopefully I get into this one. I don't know if I am. I'm number two on the wait list. So, yeah. But. Aside from that, we have a bit of a casual doubles tournament the following weekend with a bunch of people. And that's going to be fun. So, yeah. Other than that, not just a whole lot going on, but playing a fair amount. Um, played three rounds this weekend. Oh. So that was fun. Update on our putting challenge that we're doing. The 30-day, 30 30-minute 30 putting challenge. That's been going really well. My putting has already improved dramatically after about only one week. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what it's going to do in the next 20 days or 23 days, whatever. But, yeah, it really has almost transformed my game because... Which is really not surprising, because honestly, before this, I barely putted at all, practice putting. And so, yeah, it's really helped things, and can't wait to see how it plays out in the next tournament. Yeah, and for me, I think it kind of gives me a perspective of how much it can help, so I probably will be putting more regularly from here on out. So that's always good to learn things like yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Um, just seeing that big of a difference, it's probably going to be the same for me. Going to be putting a lot more. Possibly, I might keep that kind of that same rhythm even after the challenge is over, just 30 minutes a day. I don't know. We'll see. But either way, it's been a great thing. So, yeah, I think with that, we're pretty much going to wrap up this episode. Felt like we didn't have quite a, as much to talk about this week. Um, hopefully next week after the Portland Open, we will have a lot to talk about, and I think we should. It should be a very, very interesting tournament again. It looks like all the big names are there, including Eagle McMahon. Um, so that's awesome. Oh, that's interesting. Whoa. And he is the defending champ there. Sorry about the growling noises. <laughs> um, so that's going to be down. really, really interesting. Um, yeah. It's it's just going to be a fun tournament. I, I genuinely am just really looking forward to this one. Yeah. Um, Kyle Klein, he's he's pick, seems to be picking up his game. Yeah, I, I just, I'm so excited. So, yeah, yeah we'll be back hopefully next week. We should be back next week. There's no reason we won't be. Yeah, we'll be back. Um, with update on our own B-tier tournament and also talking about Portland. So, yeah, and yeah, back. just thanks for listening. Um, we've been getting a lot of listeners, so it's great to see. Thanks for listening, and 
We're glad that you find this podcast fun and helpful and informative because we find it very fun. So, yeah, we hopefully we'll have a lot of other interesting topics as well besides just the Portland Open. Um, for example, like the basket sizes, things like that. Yes, we're going we're going to be coming back at you with a lot more interesting disc golf topics. So stay tuned on our Instagram for our upcoming episodes. And if you have any ideas for topics to talk about, questions or anything, just send us a direct message on Instagram. And with that, I think we're going to call it an episode. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.